Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello. Welcome to the Music Therapy Show with Janice Lindstrom. Today is Friday, April 29th, 2016. I am Janice Lindstrom, and I started this show eight years ago to talk about music therapy. I'm a board-certified music therapist with over 20 years of experience working with a variety of populations, and you can call in to congratulate me on eight years of broadcasting or to ask questions at 646-652-2850, or you can send me an email at heartbeatmusictherapy.net. Last year, around this time, Dr. Petra Kern was on my show to share lessons learned from online teaching with her virtual students. Today, I welcome her and Dr. Darcy Deloach, as well as their music therapy seniors, Madison Whelan, Holly Hankin, Emma Powers, and Garrett Weeks from the University of Louisville, Kentucky, to talk about intercultural competencies that are necessary to shape music therapy practice in today's global world. Over the last year, they have gained cultural awareness, engaged in intercultural dialogues, and explored music therapy practices abroad. So thanks, everybody, for being on the show today. Petra, as a former president of the World Federation of Music Therapy, a bicultural music therapist from Germany and practicing in the United States, and a world traveler, you have interacted with numerous cultural groups. So can you tell us what intercultural competencies are and why they're essential in a global world? Sure, Janice. Uh, first of all, congratulations to your eighth anniversary of this show and having us back. I am always uh, happy to be part of your wonderful radio show on music therapy. Thank you. So, uh, yeah. Well, this is actually an important topic we want to talk about uh, today as global interconnectedness and cultural diversity and intercultural connections have been facts of modern life and really have influenced education, practice, and research in music therapy. So I think we should all work on our intercultural skills and also gain competences where needed. So that said, what are intercultural competences? I was looking this up for this show and wanted to cite actually UNESCO 2013 uh, definition and also bring in a little bit content from that report. So intercultural competences refer to knowledge about particular cultures and issues that may arise when interacting with different cultural groups, meaning intercultural competent music therapists trainers need to be aware of their own cultural identities, aspects of cultural values, beliefs, and attitudes, and the line communications, such as language and non-local behavior. And they also need to be confident in implementing cultural sensitive repertoire, such as songs, rhythms, different scales, all to overcome cross-cultural boundaries. And you might ask yourself, what are those skills, what are those competences that we need to be, uh, need to be achieved to be an intercultural competent music therapist? So in the UNESCO report, Gerdorf outlined seven minimal requirements, which I thought are of interest to the listeners. So those are first, respect, respect of valuing others, 
no matter where they come from. So no matter if this is from the United States or other places in the world. The second one is self-awareness. That is understanding the lens through which we are viewing the world, meaning uh, I experience this coming from Germany that many things I grew up with, Jenny's, have been different in here in this country, and I thought, uh, is this right or is this wrong? Learning that there is no right and wrong in the world, actually. It really depends on which culture you're living and through which lens you're looking, what your uh, perception is. The third one is seeing from other perspectives, uh, meaning seeing the similarities and the differences. And I think, you know, we music therapists, we like to see more of the similarities and focus on those ones but be aware of the differences and don't make a problem out of it, uh, find solutions for it. And then number four would be listening. That means engaging in an authentic cultural, intercultural dialogue. So observing and be aware of what's going on. And then number five would be adaptation, which means to um, temporarily be able to shift into another perspective to feel you know, what this other person is saying uh, and feeling and so forth. So just shifting all those uh, different uh, perspectives. Number six would be relationship building. So creating lasting cross-cultural personal bonds and finally cultural humility, meaning respecting others and combining the respect with our self-awareness. So ultimately, it seems to me that intercultural competences are more important than ever in today's world, Chinese to shape uh, not only a common future for music therapy, but more or less for humankind. Absolutely. And uh, Darcy, you're the director of the Thriving Music Therapy Program at the University of Louisville. Why are these intercultural competencies important to you, and where do the students find direct application in their local community? Well, this is something at UofL, I should stop and say congratulations on eight years of listening, and thank you for having us. We're so excited to be talking with you today. Um, We do take this very seriously um, at UofL for many reasons, some of which are um, the new competencies when they were revised for ATA included um, more language and focus on developing cultural sensitivity and actually demonstrating skill working with culturally diverse populations. Um, And then the CBMT domain document also um, has language about the cultural skills that music therapists need to develop um, to provide competent practice in the field. And specifically in Louisville, we actually um, have a very large refugee population. And um, so our university has set a priority with their um, school of medicine and for interdisciplinary studies to address the needs of the refugee populations in um, in Louisville. And so this is something that we are addressing with our students, and we're working from the ground up, um, identifying and learning about what, how do we gain these new skills with hands-on work in the community and through these interdisciplinary collaborations, but also um, how do we become knowledgeable about the needs and develop these sensitivities um, and awareness and opening our eyes up and recognizing where our biases are when we're interacting um, with different population groups. Oh, okay. Um, uh, Louisville sounds like a really interesting program, uh, and that's neat that the university has made that a priority. So, uh, Petra, in your online courses, how are you embedding 
learning opportunities that support your students in understanding cultural diversity? Yes, uh, Janice, that might sound uh, like a difficult thing to do this online, but not at all. So for Darcy and myself and our other faculty members, uh, it's really important for us to uh, embed all the intercultural competences in our courses. So we enriched our entire curriculum with international content. We offered a study of fraud opportunities and encouraged students' uh, exchange and participation in international conferences. That said, in my hybrid courses, the way I do it, uh, I built in activities that enhance culture-sensitive repertoire, such as songs or folk dances. That's what we're doing in Music Therapy Techniques 1. I assign also culture-based readings related to students' clinical work, uh, raising awareness, sensitivity, and understanding of cultural issues. So there are great readings uh, from the Morris Berger about culture matters, uh, Latin American culture, published in Imagine, as well as Rivera and Paolo, who discuss developing multicultural sensitivity in early childhood music therapy practice, and then the whole Color of Us series, which we published in Imagine. So those are some of the assignments which students go through, and we discuss it as they're going to their early childhood practicals and so forth. I also like to share my personal experiences on how cultural diversity impacts uh, therapeutic experiences around the world where I'm doing my consultation work and so forth. And I also encourage students to reflect on their own experiences. So we also look at examples of cultural conflicts, such as, you know, handshakes, looking in someone's eyes, body contact, or interrupting a conversation for asking a question. That was, by the way, a difficult one for me in the United States, you know, with <laughs> English as a second language, <laughs> to figure out when can you actually interrupt a very fast English conversation to, and be still polite. Uh, so I had to learn to read those cues and know when it's time for me to ask questions and so forth. Um, and we, uh, I also create assignments uh, that foster cultural diversity, such as interviews, uh, and that's uh, done online worldwide uh, with professionals around the world on similarities or differences of music therapy services. Some of those uh, assignments we can actually be published uh, at the World Federation of Music Therapy's Windows to the World student blog, so students have an assignment to actually publish there. And this year, actually, with the students which are with us on the show, we did student interviews with our peers from Germany and Poland, which we visited last year. And they interviewed them on attitudes towards individuals with disabilities and how it may influence the therapeutic process in music therapy. Oh, wow, that sounds really interesting. So let's hear from the students. So Madison and Holly and Emma and Garrett, what have you learned when interviewing music therapy students in Poland and Germany? Hi, Hi Janice. Thanks for having us on the show. <laughs> Sorry, this is Holly Hankin. Um, I noticed a lot from interviewing um, a colleague from Katowice, Poland, that there's much stronger emphasis on the importance of improvisation, like um, competency in doing so. And um, I thought that was a very interesting aspect of their field. And also, um, they, I think the, improv, the importance of improvisation plays along with um, the fact that they use a lot of elements from a different framework than we use at University of Louisville. Um, they have much stronger ties to Nordoff Robbins framework, and we have much stronger ties to CBT practice. 
So uh, this is Madison. Um, Holly and I interviewed the same person, a friend from Catavisa, and we found that there were more similarities in our practices than differences. Um, Music therapists face similar challenges regarding advocacy and funding, perhaps even more so as the field of music therapy in Poland is much smaller than the United States. That was um, something really interesting and kind of encouraging to realize when interviewing our friend from Katowice. This is Emma. Um, Kind of going off of what Madison and Holly said, um, the field of music therapy obviously is much larger in the U.S. than it is in Poland. Um, And I think one thing that I talked about with the student that I interviewed was that I think it lends itself to more division in the field um, here in the U.S. Um, so according to the student that I talked to, I thought it was really interesting. Poland actually presents itself as much more of a united front. Um, they are very tied to Nordoff Robbins and to improvisation um, in terms of therapeutic frameworks and practices, um, whereas I think we just experience a lot more division um, in the field here in the U.S. And uh, this is Garrett Weeks. Um, the biggest thing that I was able to take away um, when my group interviewed um, our Poland uh, student was that the, um, they have a lot of trouble with funding, kind of like what Madison and Holly were saying earlier. Um, they don't they don't have any um, kind of healthcare system set up or um, means of funding other than just strictly out of pocket. So trying to um, convince families that music therapy is a viable resource um, to them is difficult because. There's no there's no help for pay in that sense. Very interesting. Uh, thanks for sharing those perspectives. And a, a topic that makes the everyday news right now are the huge numbers of refugees worldwide. Uh, will this be the new population seen in music therapy, Darcy? And how should we respond as educators? Now, I'm really curious to see how this um, starts to present itself as. Um, different client groups that music therapists work with in the U.S. When um, when I started thinking about this topic and how to include it into the different curriculum elements at U of L, um, I was really shocked to see that there doesn't appear to be much work happening in the U.S. right now by music therapists. And if there is work being done, it's not being talked about or blogged about or written about. Um, I only found one person, a music therapist in Atlanta, Laura Cribb, who um, has done some blogging about working with refugee populations. Um, so I, I do think that this probably is going to be a population that music therapists can focus on if they have that interest or um, is, has that need in their area. And as educators, I think um, it presents itself as an interesting um, opportunity for us to help shape the field with these future music therapists coming out um, and working in the field by providing different resources and different opportunities um, within the classroom, but also hopefully within the community setting um, through practicums and possibly internship um, opportunities. Because I do think that this is, it seems to be um, a growing need area worldwide that the U.S. is starting to, and has, you know, for many years, but um, is really starting to impact certain cities in the U.S. that are receiving high numbers of refugees. Mm-hmm. So, and how have your students been involved in this preliminary project? Maybe uh, the students can jump back in and share their information. 
Yeah, we can talk about this. We did a really interesting course. Uh, we did a special topics course this semester that I taught, um, and so it was an elective that certain students um, chose to participate in, and Madison, Holly, and Emma um, all took this course. Um, and we did a pretty intensive, we meaning the students, <laughs> did a very intensive literature review um, within our field and outside of our field to identify the um, characteristics and needs and what the evidence um, is suggesting as appropriate in working when you're working with um, different displaced people groups. And then we did some brainstorming um, about curriculum development and how music therapy practice in the U.S. and outside of the U.S., gain, you know, working from their knowledge and exposure um, and seeing music therapy practice in Germany and in Poland, um, you know, how would we make recommendations for clinical work in different curriculum aspects um, within the U.S. and outside of the U.S.? And so it was really exciting and energizing for me to see um, the students really delve into this um, topic. Do any of you all want to make any comments about what you learned or how we took that approach with this course? Yeah, this is uh, Emma. This is this was such a fascinating project for me to be a part of because it is such a hot topic right now, not only within healthcare fields but across the board. Um, so to research this topic, we had to look, um, like Dr. Deloach was saying, we had to look not only at healthcare journals, which we did, but we were also looking at social media and politics and government policies and history and global perspectives um, of refugees and displaced people groups. Um, and ultimately, we discovered that there's just not a lot of valid research out there to reference um, if you're planning to work with refugees or if you have the opportunity um, to do music therapy with refugees. So I think that's why the work that we're doing and that other people are doing is so important right now, um, just because it's so relevant and there's just not a lot out there. Hi there, this is Holly Hankin. Um, I've really enjoyed this course a lot. It's really given us all an opportunity to work independently and also alongside um, colleagues and our professor on a more um, personal level. Um, we've gotten to look at journals from a bunch of different countries, um, from a bunch of different frameworks, um, and we've been able to transfer a lot of the knowledge that we've learned from the journals of other healthcare professions um, and apply it to our curriculum department curriculum recommendations that we're working on um, right now based on the need areas of our clients. This is Madison. Um, so we spent most of the semester, again, collecting information, and we recently sat down and just spent a lot of time brainstorming what to do with all this information. And um, we're hoping to create a curriculum for working with the refugee population, and um, Holly and I are actually doing an internship together so we're hoping that we could maybe even have the possibility to sort of field test and see if our ideas um, actually work. But we're hoping that everything works out and we'll be able to um, provide the field with something that could be useful with working with refugee and displaced people group populations. That's fascinating. So I understand that you also took 10 students to Germany and Poland last year. So, Petra, what did you do in your home country in Germany? And then maybe Darcy can talk about the exchange program in Poland. Yes, it was awesome to take our students to my home country and introduce them to German culture. It was for sure my highlight of 2015. Uh, we met with, uh, or I met with a group of students in Frank at the Frankfurt Airport, and 
our first experience was what it means uh, that German trains are on time, meaning if there are two minutes allocated to change a platform, it means two minutes, even if you have to carry a heavy luggage up and down stairway. And I remember Madison screaming, come on, guys, we can do it. <laughs> and we did it. <laughs> so that was our first cultural experience. After visiting our famous Heidelberg Castle, we met faculty and students of the SRH University of Heidelberg for dinner at the Roter Ochsen, which is the Heidelberg's oldest and most traditional student pub from 1703, imagine. And uh, on the next day, we visited the university. And while Darcy and I, we met with Dr. von Muro and the director of the music therapy program and Dean Hilliken, the vice president, our students experienced a sound journey led by the Heidelberg students, followed by short research presentations of PhD candidates and faculty. And we also heard a presentation from Dr. Karin Schumacher, who is known for autism spectrum disorder in Germany. And then in the evenings, all students went out to explore the city, which um, resulted that only half of them could join us for a Thursday morning stroll on a famous philosopher walk overlooking Heidelberg. <laughs> However, we had everyone back, uh, back in time to the train to Würzburg, where we attended a symposium of the European Confederation of Music Therapy. And um, so students could experience first uh, the sound boat, which is a special instrument created by Emma Vogt. And then we attended presentations from eight European music therapists who spoke about or was the topic, um, European Perspective on Music Therapy for Special Education and Geriatrics. Um, in the evening, we chilled out at the city beach, which was really beautiful, and reflected uh, on the cultural experiences and the students' aha moments, uh, what they learned during the day and what was kind of sticking out to them. We also got a chance to visit the Kapelle, which is a beautiful old chapel, and we had a uh, German dinner at the Schützenhof. And I remember that Gerrit got about eight sausages on the main river tour to Weizsäckheim, where we visited Wokoko uh, Garten. And that night, I think the students hang out with the Würzburg students before we then headed back to the airport to fly to Poland the next day. And uh, Darcy's going to talk about the Poland exchange program. Yeah, we have an exchange program set up with um, the Music Academy in Katowice. And this program um, for music therapy was established actually by Barbara Wheeler, um, who's a former president of AMTA and um, was the faculty member who started the music therapy program at the University of Louisville. And so I inherited this wonderful opportunity when I joined the faculty um, at UofL. And right now what we're doing is I'm exchanging students about every other year or every year, um, and we will go as a group from University of Louisville to Katowice and stay in their music academy and um, take classes with them and then also go into the community and observe and participate in the music therapy sessions that are happening. Um, sometimes we will go, on some years we'll go on a trip somewhere nearby and visit a facility or make presentations at a facility. Um, this, you know, the schedule will vary depending on the year. But it's a wonderful time to immerse into um, the music therapy practice and study in Poland. And then when students come from Poland to UofL, 
Um, they are housed by our students at U of L generously, um, and we do that instead of putting the students up in a hotel or in a dorm because they really want the students want to get the American university experience because it is so different in America than it is in Poland, and so um, our, the students always have a good time um, in America, and then also sit in on classes, attend community um, and clinic. We have a clinic on our campus, um, so they'll attend clinic sessions with clients, and then um, also attend presentations. And so it's a really wonderful time for them to see the difference in how we educate in America um, in music therapy topics, and then also how, what does it look like hands-on um, in clinical settings. And so I've been very thankful that this exchange um, is an option for our students because we've worked out a collaboration where the host university um, or the academy pays all of the expenses for the visiting guests once they land. So the only expense for our students in going to Poland is the plane ticket, and typically we have some um, special funding available to assist with that as well from the university. And then the same is true when our Polish guests visit, we pay for all of the accommodations once they land and all of their food and all of their transportation. Um, and so it's truly a growing experience. I always love seeing the growth, not just academically, but also personally um, in the students when they get to have this experience and opportunity. That is really neat that you were able to provide that for both the students from Poland and for your own students. That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to talk to the students again. All of you experienced this travel abroad. So what was your aha moment in terms of music therapy practice in those countries? Uh, this is Garrett Weeks again. Um, my biggest thing um, that was kind of my aha moment, the amount of um, improvisation that is used um, in Poland in comparison to here in the States. Um, I believe that Madison or Holly hinted at it earlier, um, but just the, the piano skills um, that the students have um, over in Poland are just amazing to me, uh, mainly because I... Um, I'm not so strong on the piano. So really being able to see um, those students work in a way um, that is totally based out of improvisation was really interesting to me. Hi there, this is Holly again. Um, I had a very similar aha moment to Garrett as well. Um, I, I really thought it was very interesting the heavy emphasis that they put um, on improvisation in practice. Um, but I also really enjoyed being there and enjoyed being receptive to what they had to say about music therapy, and I really enjoyed how receptive and accepting they were of what we had to say and our different ideas for our practices. This is Emma. Uh, my aha moment was definitely when we had the opportunity to shadow, shadow several of the Polish students um, in their clinical work at a rehab facility. Um, just being able to observe the differences and the similarities um, in between um, here um, in the U.S. and in Poland um, in clinical practice was fascinating to me. Um, but my favorite part was definitely seeing the reactions of the patients um, because it was exactly the same as the many of the reactions that I see here in the U.S. during my practice and visits. I just think it's awesome that no matter where you are, when you walk into a room with instruments, people just absolutely light up and are so happy that you're there. Um, and that was the same um, in Poland as it is here in the U.S., so that was really cool for me to see. This is Madison. I think my aha moment was when we attended a European music therapy conference in Pittsburgh. 
um, they had presenters from all across Europe that shared stories and research and examples of their practices. And I realized that even though we might have different ways of practicing and different techniques we may use, music therapists share a common goal, which is to help others using music. It was such a great moment finding commonality across countries and across cultures and languages. It was such a neat experience. Oh, that's neat. So what did each of you love about the study abroad program, and why would you recommend it to other students? Hi there, this is Holly. Um, I really, really enjoyed getting um, to spend time in the hospitals in Germany and in the School of Music dorm building um, in Poland because that was really the place that we got to meet and learn about a lot of other students um, and some similarities and differences that they have um, in their experience with those students. And many of the students in Germany and Poland in these places were actually from places outside of these countries. Like we met several students from China, um, one student from Canada, actually, in Poland, and several other countries. So there were so many opportunities to learn about different people and different cultures just in our where we were spending the night every night. This is Emma. I love the chance that studying abroad gave me to step out of my comfort zone, because uh, it definitely did. These experiences helped me to grow not only as a student, but just as a person. Um, and it gave me such great perspective on music therapy um, and then also just on the world itself. Um, it's also such a great team-building experience for um, you and your classmates. I would recommend to any student, no matter if they're a music therapy student or not, um, going on a trip with classmates that you're going to be working with for four years. Um, there's nothing quite like getting lost in a German city to help you learn to work <laughs> together. Uh, so I'm so glad that I got to take this trip, um, and it, it was, um, you know, these were already my best friends, but we just grew so much closer through all the experiences that we were able to have together um, while we were in Europe. This is Garrett. Um, I would just have to back up what Emma and Holly both said. Um, I really enjoyed getting to know the students um, over in Poland, and of course, um, the cultures, the differences, um, either in dance or speaking or in greetings. Um, and, of course, the food. I mean, I would recommend if anyone had the opportunity to do so. <laughs> this is Madison. Um, going off of what Emma said, I think that everyone should take the opportunity to put themselves outside of their comfort zone in order to grow as a person. And I think traveling is an experience that will challenge you to grow in every way imaginable. And I definitely did during our trip. And I'm so glad I had the opportunity to go with my best friends. And um, it was just a really incredible experience. And if you have the chance, take it. <laughs> Excellent. All right. So uh, we're at the end of the show. Darcy and Petra, do you have another study abroad trip planned? Yes. Do I answer? So Darcy, yes, you want to talk about <laughs> Thailand and Japan. Yeah, we're going to team up with Dr. Dina Register, um, who's now at West Virginia University, and she has a study abroad um, course that any student can register for that's a six-week course in Thailand. Um, they've partnered with Mahidol University um, through a Fulbright um, Award she won when she was on the faculty at University of Kansas. Um, it's a fantastic program. And so we'll be joining in for part of that study abroad experience with our students um, next summer. Right. And then we will go to the World Congress of Music Therapy, which is in Tsukuba in Japan from July 4th to 8th, 2017. 
And I think for all of the students, not only ours, worldwide, this is an incredible experience, not only to foster intercultural competencies, but also to build lasting cross-cultural professional and personal bonds with music therapists around the globe. So we also hope that our students can present with us and get some international experiences of presenting what they're doing in the United States uh, to a worldwide audience. And we hope that they will engage in authentic cultural dialogues. And so I'm really looking forward to this one. Well, thank you all for being on my show today. It was a really lovely conversation. And I know that listeners are going to be inspired to engage even more in cultural experiences and to travel the world. Um, thank you all for listening to this show and for listening for the last eight years. If you haven't been listening for eight years, some of the early ones are a little bit rough, but uh, there's a lot of good content that you can find at heartbeatmusictherapy.net. Join me and Dr. Megan Mascow on May 27th for another edition of the Music Therapy Journal Club, where we're going to discuss the spring 2016 edition of the Journal of Music Therapy. Have a lovely weekend, everyone, and I'll talk to you then. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.